Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, February 8th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. So, is the government open or not? I gotta admit, I kinda missed the government shutdown, to be honest. I mean, it generated a lot of funny memes and good jokes. But alas, the government's operating at full capacity right now, so hold on to your wallets. But hey, from what I hear, we could have Trump shut down 2.0 in a couple of weeks, so, you know, there's that. Anyway, gold is holding pretty steady this morning, but we could see our first weekly loss in the last three. We've held above $1,300, though, due to continuing concerns over economic growth in Europe and elsewhere. Speaking of economic growth in Europe, the Eurozone slashed its growth forecast yesterday. The EU's Executive Commission cut the forecast for this year to 1.3% growth. That's down from a 1.9% growth projection in its forecast last fall. Gold, denominated in euros, climbed to its highest level since May 2017 at 1,157.37 euros per ounce. Now, gold was down in dollar terms early this week as the greenback showed some strength and with some profit taking in the market. The yellow metal got as low as 1302 at one point. Some analysts say the surge later in the week was due to traders buying the dip, which is a bullish phenomenon that occurs when prices are in an uptrend and the charts are bullish. Looking over the longer trend, gold has risen about 13% since touching an over one-and-a-half-year low last August. This is mostly due to the volatility in the stock market and, of course, the dovishness of the Federal Reserve. Stocks saw their first major sell-off in a couple of weeks yesterday. The Dow was down over 200 points. Now, guess why? Sentiment has changed on the trade deal. Again. On Thursday, President Trump said he would not meet with China's president before a March 1st deadline set to achieve a trade deal. The remarks followed comments from Trump's economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, who said that a pretty sizable distance remains between the two sides. Meanwhile, Trump is set to sign an executive order next week banning Chinese telecom equipment from U.S. wireless networks, ostensibly to protect the U.S. from cyber threats. It's interesting how much weight the stock markets put on the trade war. I've said this before. If you ask me, it's all just political theater. But everybody seems to be sitting on the edge of their seats, cramming popcorn in their mouths, and obsessing over this show. I think the fact that every little bit of news either sends the stock market spiraling up or pushing it down into a chasm is an indication of just how volatile the stock markets really are right now. Rumors about a meeting shouldn't tank the market by 200 points, not a healthy market. Speaking of political theater, the Democrats released their Green New Deal this week. What a train wreck. It is masterful politics, though. The socialist wing of the Democratic Party, well, at that point, that's pretty much redundant. But anyway, they are asking for the world here. Of course, they won't get most of the garbage in this plan, but I bet they get some of it, and I bet they get it with the full support of Republicans. It will be a compromise that will only serve to move the country further to the left. Now, I've not really read through this thing real closely, but I've seen some of the highlights. One of the nuttier things I've seen in this proposal, just to give you a taste, is to end air travel 
Yes, I said that. End air travel completely by building train tracks across the ocean. Yeah. It also calls for a complete switch to electronic vehicles in like, I think, 10 years. Now, you see how this works politically? Raising the minimum wage seems downright moderate compared to building train tracks across the ocean. Now, about electric vehicles, I was reading an article by Eric Peters the other day. If you're at all interested in cars or the economics of the auto industry, or really just libertarian thought, you should definitely read Eric. I'll link to this particular article in the show notes page. Anyway, it was about how EVs perform in cold weather, or really how they don't perform, or at least not very well. Let me just read a paragraph from his article. He said, it would be interesting to know exactly the effect on EV range of keeping the interior of an EV warm, not survivable, but comfortably warm on a minus 10 degree day. How much range does one lose? How much time will one have to spend shivering at an outdoor recharger, assuming it's not blocked by snow, and assuming your EV has a built-in system to keep the battery warm so that it can be charged? Bet you didn't know about that either. Electric car batteries can't be recharged if the ambient air temperature is below freezing. It's a function of battery chemistry, which means that the EV must also heat its battery during the winter months, which will cost energy, battery drain, and further reduce the car's range. When it is minus 10 degrees outside, waiting can be more than merely inconvenient. It could be fatal. A discharged EV is a cold EV. No heat until the battery recharges. Imagine sitting in a dark and very cold EV for the 30 to 45 minutes it takes to recover even a partial charge at a fast charger, assuming one's available. Yes, this is the future that the Democrats apparently want, freezing to death in your electric vehicle during the winter. And this is the technology that the green warriors want to force on us all within the next 10 years. And let's just be honest, this isn't about addressing climate change. It's a socialist manifesto. Universal health care and a bunch of redistributive social programs are part of the mix in this plan. What does that have to do with climate change? Not a damn thing. The climate change stuff is a scare tactic to get people to support this garbage. It's packaging. It's like a watermelon, green on the outside, commie red on the inside. The scary thing is more and more people are embracing this stuff. The economic illiteracy in this country is appalling. And like Peter has said, when the economy tanks, the politics in this country are going to go even further to the left. They're going to blame Trump because he stamped a big fat T on this broke-ass economy. They're going to blame Republicans, and we're going to end up with more Alexandria Ocasio-Cortezes in Congress. Yippee skippy. Here's the problem with all of this. Strip the politics aside. At some point, economic reality is going to rear its ugly head. There's no money. The U.S. is $22 trillion in debt. More than that when you consider all of the unfunded liabilities like Social Security and Medicare. Well, the Democrats scream, tax the rich. Well, the rich ain't that rich. I read the other day that you could confiscate the wealth of every U.S. billionaire, like take all of their money, and it would run the government for like seven months. The bottom line is we need to get ready for the economic chaos that's ahead. Shifting gears, I don't know if you saw the article I wrote over at the Shift Gold blog yesterday about Janet Yellen. If not, 
you'll want to check it out. And of course, I'll link to it in the show notes page. But the long and short of it is that the former Fed chair sounded a wee little bit like Peter Schiff during a CNBC interview. She's now talking about the possibility of the next Fed move being a rate cut. Of course, Peter's been saying for months that the Fed is going to eventually cut rates and do more QE in order to pump the air back into the deflating stock market bubble. Just last week, Peter said the Powell pause isn't going to be enough. He said, I think that soon the markets are going to be demanding a lot more from the Fed than just a succession of rate hikes and a commitment not to shrink the balance sheet. I think what the addicts are going to require is going to be more quantitative easing and a return to zero. And that is exactly what the Federal Reserve is going to provide once it realizes that's what's necessary. Now, Yellen isn't suddenly talking rate cuts for the same reason Peter is. She's using the same excuses Powell used for his pause. They're worried about global growth and insisting inflation is low. This is bovine scat. Nothing has fundamentally changed in the global economy since September when everybody was talking two or three more rate hikes in 2019. What has changed was the stock market. The stock market tanked. But Yellen is still insisting the economy is great. The U.S. economy is great. Just like Powell, just like the talking heads at CNBC and Fox Business, it's not great. Just a couple of data points released this week. Momentum in the service sector slowed in January, according to the latest data from the Institute of Supply Management. And U.S. factory orders declined another 0.6% in November after registering the biggest drop in more than a year last October. We've been highlighting problems in the housing market, the auto sectors, and of course, we have to contend with the massive levels of debt in the economy. It's not great. None of this is great. We're seeing downturns in both the service and industrial economy. So again, I highly recommend that you get ready for the economic tumult that is lurking right around the corner. I've said before, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you that in three months the bottom is going to fall out. But I can look at the underlying dynamics in the economy and apply a little basic economic reasoning and tell you that the bottom is going to fall out. It's just a question of time. One way to preserve your wealth during bad times is to own gold and silver. A Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist can tell you more about the hows and the whys. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160 today, or you can contact us through the Shift Gold website. That's shiftgold.com. Well, that's a gold wrap this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. You can also find my latest It's Your Dime interview with Reason Magazine editor-at-large, Nick Gillespie. It was a great conversation. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to this show over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You can find links on the show notes page to both of those. And if you're listening on YouTube, please feel free to share your thoughts on this week's gold news in the comments section. We always love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week.